Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What a week of football we just had. But not necessarily for the better. The injury bug was out in full force, and we will talk about all of the players it caught in just a few moments. But first, we brought in a very special guest to help us run through our weekly superlatives and our 10 takes on 10 players. We'll introduce him shortly. And then you wanted it back, so we're bringing it back later on in the show. Our gladiator style thumbs up, thumbs down segment is back to help you figure out who to start every week for the remainder of the season. And as always, Cole and I will answer your questions all right here on the Breakout Football Podcast on the Belief Podcast Network, sponsored by LinkMe. And let me tell you, if you didn't catch last week's episode, we are now sponsored by LinkMe, and they are an amazing new social media platform with thousands thousands of new users joining daily where you can start posting on their feed to gain new exposure for your personal brand business or whatever they got the platform for it they're also a link sharing platform which means you can add all your social profiles or website links to your profile and share it with anyone so with that cute little ad read out of the way from link me i am zach cohen of the draft network with the the genial cole topham of devil's digest let's get right into it let's bring in our guest someone whose work i admire so much if you play dynasty football there is a good chance you know who he is he is the co-owner of the dynasty league football and the host of locked on dynasty please welcome ryan mcdowell to the show ryan man it is so good to finally have you on yeah, guys, glad to be here. Uh, ready, ready to talk some football today. Yes, sir. We do it every once a week, every week. We had to get you on the show. And, you know, we'll be talking, obviously, mostly normal draft, which is called redraft for those of you who don't know. But you've been playing Dynasty for quite some time. I- I've been trying to get in for a long time. How's that been, you know, really keeping your rosters every single year? Yeah, yeah, it's great. I've been I've been playing Dynasty for almost as long as you two have been alive. So uh, <laughs> it's it's been uh, it's been a good journey for me. Um, but, you know, I actually started in Dynasty. That, that was the first league I joined. Uh, didn't even really didn't even know what fantasy football was and uh, I jumped in a buddy's league and it ended up being a Dynasty league and, and, and I was hooked. So, yeah, I've kind of been a Dynasty guy from day one. That's awesome. And feel free, you know, to throw in a couple dynasty tidbits here or there, a couple dynasty takes. I've never played. I want to. Cool. Have you ever dabbled in dynasty at all? Yeah. My friend group started a dynasty league, like for real this year, like ahead of, ahead of the 2021 season. And it was just kind of like a shock every year. You just go into your draft and go throughout the season. You're like, okay, well there's always next year. And so it was kind of like a realization midway through the draft, like, wow, okay, I'm going to have these players for the foreseeable future. Um, and like, I really got to make this count. And so luckily I've been able to put together a good team, but some people, some people were on auto draft for this dynasty league. And I was oh. like, man, that is throwing some caution into the wind there. <laughs> oh man. Well, what's uh, what are some players on your team? I'm curious. So I have the Dak Prescott and CD lamb stack on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Najee for the future. Um, I got JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards on the bench. That really hurt me earlier this season, but um, luckily I've got Chuba to fill in um, who I think we'll, we'll talk about on, on the podcast here. Oh yeah. 
He was one of the players who definitely benefited from all the slew of injuries. We're going to get to them in the 10 takes in a second, but why don't we kick things off with our weekly superlatives? You know the drill at this point, Cole and I, we got two weekly superlatives each. Ryan will have an answer for his own. We'll have a player for our own as well. But Cole, why don't you kick things off with the first superlative ahead of week 13? Yeah, my first superlative is New England Patriots wide receiver Kendrick Bourne with the unlikely boom. Five catches, 61 yards, two touchdowns. On one of those scores, he walked the tightrope for a touchdown against the Titans. Um, the other score contested corner out in the back of the end zone. I I don't feel great about Bourne because, I mean, he, he does have two 20-point bombs in the last three weeks if you're playing in PPR leagues. So it's worth monitoring, but it just seems like his production is, is capped by those targets. He's gotten four targets um, in two of those weeks and then six targets in this latest week. And just it, it looks like there's too many mouths to feed in New England. Um, so it, it's, it's worth monitoring, but I didn't see this performance coming from Bourne. Mm-hmm. Ryan, who would you say is, is your unlikely boom of the week? You have one, two, three, 20. Doesn't matter to us. Yeah, I've got a couple here that I, I was a little surprised about the past week. Uh, the, the running backs for the Titans, you know, uh, Hilliard, Foreman, uh, these guys facing the, uh, the New England Patriots. And, and New England had been, uh, has been tough against the run in general. We see both of these guys rush for 100 yards. Uh, Dontrell Hilliard is, ends up as the running back 13 for the week. And, I mean, that Titans offense has just been – horrible I, I know we'll get into some of these specific players later in the show but uh was very surprised to see that from from those two guys mm-hmm. like we've said probably every week since the derrick henry injury you're never getting your derrick henry 2.0 but hilliard and foreman have kind of been holding down the forward and maybe not as well as you'd expect but They've been all right. So that's the first superlative we got there. My superlative I'm bringing to the table right now, secret stash of the week. And to me, it was so easy. I feel like not enough people were talking about the value Amir Abdullah could bring to your fantasy teams. Look, Christian McCaffrey went down. Everyone expecting Chuba Hubbard to be the guy, right? After all, that's that was what he was doing earlier on in the season. But no, it was Abdullah. He led the team in snaps, routes, runs, targets, and carries amongst the running back position. He played 49% of the snaps, while at Hubbard, he only played 11 snaps. So Chuba had the upside, but Abdullah could be the guy, and it seems like only a few people are really talking about it. Ryan, is there any worth in picking up Abdullah this week or is he just some guy who might have had one all right week and you can forget about him I think there is actually and I think he's maybe not being talked about as much because uh, the Panthers are of course on by this week so uh, maybe maybe fantasy players think they can wait a week and and figure that out uh, going into week uh, week 14 but I agree with you I've seen the same thing that Abdullah has started to eat into uh, Chuba Hubbard's uh, workload as as the backup uh, when when McCaffrey was on the field. You look at the schedule for the for the Panthers coming up. They do play Atlanta coming out of the bye. Uh, both of those guys could have a good game, but after that, Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans, and Tampa again. They're they're just going to get crushed by all those teams. They're mm-hmm. going to have to throw the ball early and often, and I think that is good news for Amir Abdullah. Not mm-hmm. so good for. Chuba Hubbard. It's a great I'm just point. worried like it's it's going to be a hot hand approach and like I, I do have Chuba on my roster and he's done great things um, so far this season but it kind of just seems like Amir Abdullah is the better receiving back and honestly that's what this Panthers offense thrives in is, is putting the ball um, into their running backs hands out of the backfield so I can definitely see him uh, succeeding in that role moving forward but I just like oh, I can't shake the old Amir Abdullah and, and his mm-hmm. potential sure. what he was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that I, I get that. Right. I mean, he was uh, talking about the dynasty game. He was a huge uh, dynasty prospect years ago and and just never lived up to those expectations. I I think uh, some players probably do hold that against him. Call you know, thinking about him as a bust or or whatever it might be. But um, I mean, right now, you know, we've got two or three weeks until the fantasy playoffs. We've got to play. Uh, the super short-term game, like get get two or three more wins, get into the playoffs. 
And, and you know, what we haven't talked about here with Carolina is, is Cam Newton. If he stays on the field, none of these running backs really even matter. Honestly, they, they probably don't because he's taking all that goal line work anyway. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Like Cam just didn't have the game that he had two weeks ago against the Dolphins. They what, completed five passes. They bat bench for PJ Walker. Wasn't looking so high. So so Abdullah was my stash of the week. And I will say, I'm glad you brought him up in Dynasty because I was so high on Abdullah coming out of college. He, If I played Dynasty back then, he would have been someone I targeted. Uh, but for this week, do you have any other secret stashes you want to talk about? Yeah, digging a little deeper, and this one's injury-related as well, uh, Kene Nwangu, he's, he's the rookie for the Minnesota Vikings, so he's been there. Uh, he's been their third string running back behind Dalvin Cook, behind Alexander Madison, and, and now he's expected to be the second string guy. Of course, uh, Madison's a guy that I think everybody's excited to see uh, with that full workload, and, and we'll get into him more later as well. Uh, but Nwangu's been explosive really made most of his plays this year on special teams. Uh, I think he had that, uh, he had a touchdown uh, return last mm-hmm. week in the game, I believe. Uh, and, and the coaching staff said, we're going to get this guy involved as well. So uh, yeah, digging deep, like I said, definitely. And if you are playing dynasty, you want to grab that, grab this guy, but even in a, in a redraft seasonal league, maybe worth a stash if you're in a, a deep, uh, deep roster league. Yeah, he has been a human highlight reel and he's been touching the ball on kick returns this season. That's a good one. I like that a lot. Maybe eating into Madison's workload. Uh, Colt, you got another weekly superlative before we get into our 10 takes? I do. I got confirmation bias, which is a player that you were feeling strongly about was going to ball out. And I have Joe Mixon against the Steelers. Carried the rock 28 times, 165 rushing yards, two touchdowns, added four catches for negative two yards. But, hey, that's still positive points in fantasy football. I think it was inevitable that Mixon was going to dance all over the Steelers defense. And that has looked like it's gone some under, undergone some serious regression over the past few years as the Bengals. They look like a team that's hitting their stride as a balanced football team, at least offensively. So I said after Derek Henry went down, Mixon would be in contention mm-hmm. for RB1. Zach, Zach remembers, and while well, Jonathan Taylor, he's kind of run away with the title. I wouldn't count Mixon out. You never know what can happen the next few weeks. So I'm sticking by my word. Week 13, we've still got some games to play. Just watch out. Mixon's coming for the title. Mm-hmm. Mixon is like really been pissing off people who drafted him in previous years because this has been the year so i'm gonna i'll give you that i'll give you that i was a little skeptical i said Najee harris would be the rb1 uh like overall he hasn't been terrible but also yes not been nearly as good as joe Mixon. so a little pat on the back there uh for cole ryan you got any other players you want to give a quick shout out you kind of had a good feeling about and other confirmation biases yeah, Antonio Gibson. I was I was feeling strong about last week. Had a good game on uh, was that Monday Night Football? I think that was Monday Night Football mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. against Seattle. I mean, Seattle's defense has just fallen apart this year. They've they've been giving it up uh, to to the run game, to the pass game, everything. But uh, running backs have been really tearing them up. Gibson coming off the bye a couple weeks previous. Uh, looked like he was finally healthy. He got 19 carries the week before, 29 carries in this game uh, for over 100, uh, 100 rushing yards and a career-high seven targets and caught all seven of them. So uh, Gibson finally living up to expectations for those of us who uh, drafted him in the second round. Mm-hmm. Cole and I have talked a bit about like the Washington backfield throughout the season. At one point I said Gibson was a sell and then he got hurt Then he came back and he looked good. And now McKissick, uh, I think Ron Rivera said he should be fine, but with a neck injury, we can never really expect him to bounce back right away. So Gibson could keep that ball rolling. Uh, Any, any uh, additional thoughts on Gibson Cole? I mean, mostly it's just like wait and see at this point. We don't really know what type of Gibson we're going to get. I think he'll finish out the season strong. But like you said, like if McKissick comes back and is back to his receiving self and takes some of those targets and that severely caps, you know, Gibson's PPR value. And also, you know, if, if Washington's playing in a game script that doesn't favor Gibson, then that will also, you know, hurt his value as well. Mm-hmm. 
Definitely. So a little bit of positivity there, talking about Gibson, talking about Joe Mixon. We're a positive show here on the Breakout Football Podcast, but every now and then we got to talk about what's gone wrong. So my final superlative before we get into our 10 takes is the boldest drop. The biggest name you can consider dropping, and for me, it's at the quarterback position, it's Ryan Tannehill. I'm not saying Tannehill's a must-drop, but he's not someone you need to have on your roster. The last two games, he had about nine points for his Houston and about eight points at New England. He's off this week. He's not playing this week. So that's already another week where you cannot be cannot start him. You can't start him at all. Then the following week, on the surface, you'd expect Tannehill's matchup against Jacksonville to be relatively nice. But surprisingly, the Jaguars have allowed the sixth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. And then they play Pittsburgh in week 15. Their defense seems to be the only thing going somewhat right now. Then they just got torched by the Bengals. I think there are probably quarterbacks with higher upside than Tannehill out there with somewhat similar floors. Now, keep in mind, Tannehill is averaging 15.6 points this season, and that's a fine floor. But that's not something you can really bank a league winner on, so you shouldn't feel attached to having Tannehill. I'd consider dropping him for a Derek Carr, a Carson Wentz, maybe even Mac Jones. So I don't think you should be totally tied to keeping Tannehill on your roster. I don't know if you also have any players that you think could be bull drops as well. Yeah, I think Tannehill's a good one. Um, and, and I think from a from a redraft standpoint, again, we've already talked about, we're, we're getting close to the fantasy playoffs. If you're in, in that traditional one quarterback league you really should only have one quarterback on your roster at this point where we're almost past the the bye weeks um you you should have that that one guy and and Tannehill's not the guy you want to go into the fantasy playoffs with uh another player another quarterback that you don't want as your starter moving forward is Russell Wilson oh yeah Russell Wilson yeah the past four games Quarterback 27, quarterback 26, quarterback 24. He needed that last-minute drive last week uh, in which they scored and and failed to get the win. That moved him up to quarterback nine. He he had almost almost 75 passing yards and a touchdown on that one drive. But prior to that, his stat line was was horrible, and he was headed for another finish in in that 20 range. You just can't confidently put him in your lineup for the next month. So get rid of him. Find somebody with some upside. Taysom Hill. Get Taysom Hill instead. (laughs) Wow. I thought that was bold. I thought mine was bold. Sorry. But that that was way more bold. And I will let y'all in a little secret. Wilson, for the second week in the last three weeks, is my sit of the week on the draft network. So I got my start sit column coming tomorrow. Wilson's my sit of the week. I completely agree. That whole Seattle offense is... A question mark what are they doing they think they can yeah. run the ball with alex collins and and dj dallas consistently no let russ cook just let him cook i don't know what's going on there well and, and to be fair to to wilson i mean i'll i'm sure a lot of these struggles are due to this to this finger injury right mm-hmm. i mean he's he's clearly not uh throwing the ball like like he did earlier in the season or like he has over the past nine or ten seasons uh he he's not quite himself but We've also seen this second half swoon the past three years. That entire offense and Russell Wilson specifically are horrible in the back half of the year. I don't know why. I'm not sure anybody knows why, but it's it's a three year uh, a three year trend now. Man, scary stuff. You can already kind of tell that something big is going to have to change with Seattle, whether it's a new coach, new quarterback. Or both. Well, those were our weekly superlatives here on the Breakout Football Podcast, sponsored by Link Me. Now we get to my favorite part of the show, especially when we have a guest like Ryan on called 10 Takes. Cole has five players. I have five players. Five plus five is 10. Simple math. And we're going to give Ryan a player. And he'll just give us a take on him. You can spend 20 seconds. You can spend 20 minutes. I know it doesn't really matter to us. Whatever, whatever take you have, thoughts, opinions on that player, Fair game. So, Cole, why don't you kick things off? We tend to start with quarterbacks, so I think it's all you, my friend. Yeah, Ryan, you were saying, okay, cut loose Russell Wilson. What about his replacement to your roster? Well, could could Mac Jones be a potential replacement? He's been playing really well the past few weeks. 
Yeah, he definitely could be. You're right. Uh, quarterback nine over the past three games, uh, a couple of top five finishes, if I remember correctly. The only scary thing about uh, about Mac Jones, two of the next three games against against Buffalo, mm-hmm. uh, and and you know they've they've kind of taken some. Uh, criticism on their schedule that maybe that defense was was not legit we saw Jonathan Taylor do whatever he wanted to do against them so uh, they're they're not perfect but they're still uh, still pretty strong they've allowed the fewest quarterback one games the fewest top 24 running back games and the fewest top 24 wide receiver games uh, in the league this year so a little scared about Buffalo uh, Mac Jones and the Patriots play them this week and again uh, in two or three weeks as well so I like Jones he's he's definitely trending in the right direction I think he's absolutely a dynasty buy uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I feel confident about him these this last uh, five or six weeks because of that schedule yeah, we'll see if Jones is legit or he's just uh, been a product of a few good games. Also, again, like I said, love the dynasty. Get get as much dynasty a talk you want in there. See if, if there's any dynasty value with this next player because we talked a little bit about Amir Abdullah earlier. We talked a little bit less about Chuba Hubbard, but I want the full range of thoughts. Any take you have on Hubbard going into this next game in a week from now because they're on a bye and beyond. Yeah, I kind of hinted at it earlier, as you said. Uh, I, I, I don't think it's great news for Hubbard. The schedule, uh, the way that Abdullah has been used in the passing game, and, and then Cam Newton's usage in the red zone and, and specifically uh, inside the 10-yard line. So if Cam is taking uh, the short yardage work away and uh, Abdullah is taking away the passing work, like what's left for Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I think he, he was fine when McCaffrey was out. He gave us an RB 16 game. That was his best. Uh, the, the others 20, 22, 29 and 36. So he's just fine. But again, playoffs, we're shooting for upside. I don't think it's Chuba Hubbard. Fair enough. All right, cool. We'll keep the ball rolling. You're spitting out players rapid fire. Let's hear it. Yeah, we got another running back in Leonard Fournette, and it kind of seems like the late season emergence of of Lenny is now just a a common thing. But this year we've been seeing it in the receiving game. He's had uh, seven catches, six catches, and eight catches in back-to-back-to-back games, and one of those was for a receiving touchdown in an absolutely ballistic performance against the Colts. Um, There's no reason why Leonard Fournette should not be in your starting lineup in the future for the rest of the season, right? Well, every year we're looking for league winners, right? And, and sometimes it's the superstar like a, like a McCaffrey. Sometimes it's a guy that comes out of nowhere. Uh, Fournette's probably somewhere in between, but I think he can be a league winner. This is obviously an offense we trust. Uh, and, and obviously Tom Brady and that coaching staff trust Leonard Fournette. They don't trust Ronald Jones. That's why Fournette's getting the work in the red zone. He's getting the passing work. He's the RB three since week six. So that's, that's a pretty good sample size. We're looking at a month and a half of, of, of games. This is the guy, like you said, that you want in your lineup. Mm-hmm. You'll notice a theme with the rest of my players that I have to offer you because at the top of the show, we talked about the injury bug and I spent a lot of time talking about handcuffs and my start sit article, which drops Thursday so you'll notice a little theme here, but we got to talk about Alexander Madison. You touched on Ken Wongu, and Madison, like you said, seems to be the guy everyone's getting excited for. But at what point is that excitement warranted? Is Madison the, the, the bona fide top five running back we have seen flashes of? Or is he just going to be another guy, maybe a low end RB2 or something like that? What are your thoughts on Madison? Yeah, I think he's an RB1 as long as Cook is out. Um, and, you know, that coaching staff has kind of tried to be coy about how much time Cook might miss. You know, they even called him day-to-day earlier in the week. I mean, that that's crazy. He's going to miss at least two games, at least, um, if not more. And, I mean, unfortunately, Cook is a guy who's always dealt with with shoulder issues, and, and now both shoulders banged up. That's not good for a running back. Uh, four games that Madison has played in his career without Dalvin Cook, he's averaged 21 fantasy points per game in those four. So pretty small sample size. We might see four more games just the rest of this season without Cook. There you go. All right, Colt, we'll keep it rolling here on the Breakout Football Podcast. We're finishing up our 10 takes with Ryan McDowell. 
So let's hear it. Yeah, we just love talking about running backs. I got Elijah Mitchell for you. Back-to-back games with 27 carries seems to have really emerged as a bell cow for San Francisco. And with Debo Samuel licking his wounds, it kind of seems like the 49ers are going to lean on this run-first approach, you know, just for over the next few games until he gets healthy. Um, Is that good news for fantasy owners? It's great news. Great news. Mitchell is, is another guy. We talked about Fournette. Mitchell's another guy who could be a league winner. The thing I love about him is that that coaching staff has shown that they trust him. He was mm-hmm. just coming back from that from that injury, missed a game or two. And, uh, I mean, I know I was – I was a little hesitant to use him in my lineups, right? Like, Nick and I, yeah. Like maybe, it, maybe Jeff Wilson. Maybe it's a timeshare. Maybe he's not fully healthy. No, he's, he saw a career high uh, number of rush attempts and, and just just balled out. And Jeff Wilson barely saw the field. Uh, Debo Samuel was, as you mentioned, was really the only threat. Uh, and, and now he's hurt as well. So uh, unfortunately, that injury to Debo is, is probably good news for Elijah Mitchell. Uh, and the schedule's pretty nice for him as well. Um, uh, Seattle, Cincinnati, Atlanta, and Tennessee over the next four uh, games. I like that a lot. I'll uh, have a little uh, more regarding Samuel's potential replacement in the offense in just a few moments, but I do have one more question about a running back because we weren't exactly sure how long DeAndre Swift would be out for. Then it kind of came out today. It's definitely expected to miss at least a couple of games with a shoulder injury, paving the way for Jamal Williams to potentially save some fantasy seasons. What's your take on Williams? Williams is a tough one to decide on. He started the season so well, um, really playing some of the best ball of his career those first two or three weeks, and then the injury uh, kind of threw his season off. But I, I looked back at what he did in Green Bay when Aaron Jones was out of the lineup. So um, when both were on the field, Jamal Williams averaged seven carries for 28 yards, two catches for 13 yards, and seven fantasy points. When Aaron Jones was out of the lineup, and that was 10 games, pretty pretty good sample size there. When Aaron Jones was out of the lineup, Williams doubled almost every single number, 15 carries, 57 yards, three catches, 29 yards, and 15 fantasy points. Now, the Lions are not the Packers, right? I mean, we can't, we can't expect those exact same numbers. Uh, but Williams has shown that he can, uh, he can make an impact in the passing game, just like Swift has. Uh, earlier in the season I don't think he's as good of a a receiver as Swift but I think he can get the job done this is a guy you can you can plug into your flex spot uh, until Swift comes back yeah speaking of bigger roles Sean McVay said that Odell Beckham in his second week with the team would have a much bigger role and that really translated on the field five catches first game with double digit targets for Beckham 81 yards and his first touchdown of the season and I was a I was a person that didn't really like the the Beckham move to LA I thought you know Robert Woods Cooper Cup it was going to be too many mouths to feed and then Robert Woods got injured and I'm leaning a little bit more towards you know welcoming Beckham with open arms like is is he going to emerge as a top pass catcher in this offense or is it just the Cooper Cup show in LA I think it's mostly the Cooper Cup show but um, as as good as that offense has been, even over these past two or three games when they've they've kind of struggled and, and they've lost some games, you still just want pieces of that offense, right? And if it's Tyler Higby or if it's Van Jefferson or Daryl Henderson, you've just got to roll those guys out because that offense with Stafford, with McVay calling the shots, is so explosive, has so much upside. And obviously, uh, obviously Beckham has upside as well. So uh, I, I'm not – I wouldn't say I'm super confident in him in general. But with this team, as long as he's healthy, I know he, he missed some practice today with a hip injury. But if Beckham's a full go, then he's got to be in your lineups. Another receiver who I'm really starting to buy the hype on. He's had one heck of a roller coaster this season. Brandon Ayuk. And you talked a little bit about, you know, Debo Samuel's absence impacting Elijah Mitchell. But now Samuel's uh, impact on Ayuk seems a far greater. What's your thoughts on Ayuk moving forward? Yeah, it was interesting going into that game last week uh, with, with Mitchell back, with Wilson uh, in the mix as well. I expected Debo Samuel to go back to to basically full-time receiver. Uh, I know they always like to get him involved, maybe a carry or two, but I didn't think it would be uh, six carries, certainly for 60-plus yards. Didn't, ex- didn't expect that. Um, 
I thought that move back to that potential move back to receiver for Debo uh, would hurt Brandon Ayuk because this is really uh, when we've seen him uh, improve, step up, finally produce like we thought he would all year is when Debo was running the ball. Now, obviously, if Debo's out of the lineup, it's, it's got to be good news just from an opportunity standpoint for uh, for Brandon Ayuk. So, yeah, I'm, I'm trusting him as well moving forward. It seemed like somebody needed to step up in the Raiders offense, and Hunter Renfro has done exactly that. He's kind of acted as Derek Carr's safety blanket for most of the season, but even more so, like his just his presence in, in the offense has been vital for Las Vegas. Um, is, is he someone to consider starting as, as like your weekly flex option um, moving forward? Or is it more of just like a, like the Raiders it's been working at the moment, but it's going to get scaled back. I think we have to chase production uh, over the past four games. He's been the wide receiver, 11 wide receiver, 11, uh, had a quiet game outside of the top 50 and then the wide receiver five. So he's given us three wide receiver one games out of the past four games. Obviously we know the Henry Ruggs situation has opened up some targets and now Darren Waller's out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see how you could not start Hunter Renfro. Mm-hmm. Ryan, I can't tell you how many times I've pounded the table for Renfro this year, both on the show and in my articles. He's, I don't know whatever position people technically view Waller these days, but Renfro is a wide receiver one in Vegas. But like you said, with Waller out now, he does open the door for Foster Moreau. He could he be a player people can plug into their lineups or is it just look, don't even touch it. He's been, again, to go back to dynasty, he's been a guy I've had stashed on my dynasty rosters <laughs> for over a year now. Uh, and if you, if you listen to any of the, you know, the talking heads outside of the fantasy football space, I've heard many people call Foster Moreau, the, the most talented backup tight end in the league. Uh, and say things like if Darren Waller ever misses time or if anything ever goes wrong, Foster Moreau can step right in and produce. Is he going to produce like Darren Waller? Probably not. Let's let's not go crazy. But yeah, he can produce again. This this Raiders offense is thin right now. They need playmakers and he's a big, uh, a big red zone target. So, yeah, I think as ugly as the tight end position is with injuries and really just with disappointing performances in general this year. It's okay to go with Moreau over the next week or two. Cole loves tight ends. Cole absolutely yeah, loves Yeah, Ryan, I was going to ask you because it's a it's a long debate on this show. Zach is very pro-tight end. I'm very anti-tight end in terms of drafting them early in, in our fantasy drafts in the early rounds. Where do you stand on that? Are you more like a I'll throw a dart in the in the later rounds and, and focus on building up my other position groups? Or you're like, I'm going to grab a top-tier tight end and just not worry about that position? I definitely see the the appeal of that, right? I mean, if you can get and again, dynasty long term, if you can if you've had Kelsey for the past five years, if you had, if you've had Waller for the past three years, that that safety and that comfort is, is definitely a good thing. But I can just never pull the trigger in the first yes. or second or third round. So yeah, I'm more of a dart throw guy. Give me give me you know, give me a couple of late round guys in redraft. Give me three or four late round guys in dynasty. And, and I'll try to find one. That, hey, Dalton uh, Schultz has treated me well this season. I'd say right. Austin Knox too. Like yeah. if, if you're able to pick those guys up on the waiver wire, then you're sitting pretty, pretty, pretty at the, uh, wait, pretty, pretty. I'd really <laughs> just said that anyway, <laughs> you're feeling great about your, your place at the tight end position. Well, and it happens every year, right? Like every year we get a breakout tight end. You just have to figure out who it, who it is and then, and then decide if they, you know, if they can do it again. I mean, we saw it in green Bay last year. Um, um, I'm Robert Tunyon. I was blanking on the name for a second. Uh, and now we, we just assumed Robert Tunyon would do it again. He didn't, he, he was a bust. Then he got hurt. So now we just move on and try to find the next one. Any under the radar dynasty tight ends people should be looking out for and any guys that pique your interest a little more i gotta i gotta pick your brain a little bit before you go um let's see off the top of your head totally putting you on the spot there yeah i gotta look at some names well like i said i mean moreau is a guy i've I've had stashed for a while uh albert o uh, out in denver uh 
I think we could see, I think we could see Fant move on after this rookie contract is up. You know, they, they uh, signed Patrick and, um, and Sutton to the long-term extensions. They're going to have to uh, pay crazy money for a quarterback, whether it's Aaron Rodgers or, or whoever it might be this off season. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have money for a big time extension for Noah Fant. So I could see Albert O, uh, Okwe Boonham getting a shot there. Um, kind of like Harrison Bryant in Cleveland. I thought he would have a better year than he's had. He's kind of shared that, uh, that role with the other two guys in Cleveland. So a little disappointed in his year. Um, it, it's hard to have the breakouts because Kyle Pitts and, and uh, Pat Fryermuth are both tight end ones right now. They're both in the top 12. We hardly ever see that from rookie tight ends. We expected it from Pitts. We did not expect it, uh, at least not in the short term from Fryermuth. Fryermuth was my favorite. I, again, I didn't play Dynasty, but I, he was my favorite Dynasty target. I said before the season, heck, even when he was drafted, this is the guy you want. Everyone kind of clowned the pick because they didn't think they needed a tight end, but yeah. he'll be a fixture in that offense for a long, long time. And with that, Ryan, we, we appreciate you, man. If anyone else who, who likes what Ryan's uh, saying, you can go check him out on Twitter at RyanMC23. Host of Locked On Dynasty, great stuff over there, man. We, we appreciate you as always. Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me on. It was a fun time for sure. Awesome. You're always welcome back, man. Back on the Breakout Football Podcast with Zach Cohen and Cole Topham, sponsored by Link Me. Like I said at the top of the show, this is this is a one-of-a-kind app. You can share links on it, connect with other people. It is awesome. You can follow them on Instagram at Link Me, L-I-N-K-M-E. But honestly, even better, just go download the app. Let's do it. It takes like 10 seconds on the app store or whatever. I don't even, I don't even know. How, how do people download apps on non iPhones? I'm so in tune with the Apple products. Do you, did you know? Yeah, I think it's like the Google play store on Android or, or something like that. But I mean, someone, if someone is listening on Android and can fill us in on, on how you get apps on your device and that'd be great because <laughs> it's a foreign landscape for me. Yeah. Feel free to drop it in the reviews too. We love getting reviews, uh, ratings, all that fun stuff. You can, as always reach out to us, reach out to us. I'm on Twitter, link me. Instagram, TikTok, at Zach Cohen FB. Cole's on everything. He's even on MySpace, at Ham Analysis. Oh, no, 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 that's false. But I would say <laughs> Link Me is, is great. It's, it, it's creative. It looks good. It's aesthetically pleasing. And you know, like, presentation is everything, right? You want people to look at your stuff. And Link Me does a great job of putting eyes on your work and, and keeping those eyes there. 100%. And speaking of, I don't even know, I was going to segue like eyes to thumbs, but I'm not even going to make that effort. That would get too weird. So let's get into it. Our gladiator no, we're style. We're not at the doctor's office, Zach. <laughs> Jeez. We're going to get into it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Gladiator style. I got five players. You got five players. We're putting up our thumbs, thumbs up or thumbs down. We'll narrate it because obviously you cannot see our thumbs and we will decide, hey, should these players be weekly starters moving forward? Or not? Are these guys you could be comfortable with in your lineups each week? Or you're going to have to play it out, just keep them on the bench forever, maybe even drop, trade, or cut them. So we'll see. You want your five batch first or my batch of five first? Let's do my batch of five first. Let's go, we'll just go like rapid style, you know? <clears throat> All right, thumbs up. Yep, got the thumbs three, ready. Two. Carson Wentz, three, two, one, trust? Oh. No, you don't trust. Okay, you go. It's not that he's bad option. He really is. I mean, he has been playing the best ball since his uh, since that Super Bowl run that he was technically a part of. It's just like a little spotty here and there. His floor seems to be kind of dipping. He he was a quarterback one through most of the season. Don't get me wrong, but I do think there's still a little bit. He, he's not he's not matcher proof yet. He's not there yet. So, not a bad quarterback. Definitely someone who should be rostered in all leagues. Just not someone I can trust every week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would say I mean, he's he's mostly reliable. He is a little bit matchup based, but I think the Colts have a decent schedule the rest of the way. I will say, though, I do feel like a lot of his production is like determined, like if something happens to Michael Pittman, you know, like then I think Wentz plummets down the fantasy quarterback scale. Also, Jonathan Taylor is honestly receiving the biggest workload of any running back right now. And 
it's harder to tackle running backs in the the last quarter of the season. Like that's just a known fact. And so teams rely on the run more. Uh, It's harder to stop. And I think the Colts might go down that path. So those are the two reasons um, for Wentz not to be in your weekly lineup. But as of right now, I feel like he's a, he's a dependable option may not be in like the upper echelon of quarterbacks, but if quarterback, if the quarterback position has been, you know, kind of a liability for you this season, Wentz maybe can provide a little bit of stability. Yep, fair enough. Nothing you said was wrong. Just again, like, I just can't be confident starting him every single week. With that, let's move, keep him ball rolling, rapid fire, gladiator style, style <clears throat> whatever gladiator you want to call it. Up yeah, next yeah, in the yeah, ring, Darrell crack. Henderson. Okay. Three, two, one. Thumbs up all around. Why? why? Yes, you, you go first. I just think he's he's gonna have a he's just gonna have a consistent role, which is what you want from your running backs at this point in the season. Um, like I said, I don't know if Odell Beckham is really going to slide into Robert Woods' role officially, and Cooper Cup can honestly only do so much for that offense. Um, Stafford's been struggling the last few weeks. I feel like he he's just, just kind of looked a little bit off his mark, um, and I, I think McVay is going to be like, okay, we're not going to really test Stafford. We're not going to allow him to really put put the game in his hands for the for the entirety of the game we're, we're just going to hand the ball off and and take the safe route sometimes and so i think henderson is, is going to benefit from that um and I, I think he'll be a dependable option for the the last how many games four or five games that we have left yeah in those games he's got pretty juicy matchups week 15 seattle week 16 minnesota plays the jaguars this week or a top 10 in fpa to running backs but it's also the jaguars so unless they pull out another uh shocker <laughs> against a top team i would expect the rams to be running the ball all over them henderson's been relatively consistent only three games below 10 points his next best game was 15.7 in week one i like the production the usage it's all there and let's be real you probably have no better options than starting Henderson. And even then, yeah. Henderson's a good start. So, okay, we agree on those. We disagreed on wins. Let's see if we can agree on the next player. Yeah, like we said, the fantasy landscape has kind of bit, been ravished by injuries. And the Browns, they aren't really a stranger um, to those injuries as well. Um, Kareem Hunt, we're going to talk about him. But first, we're going to give our, our verdict. Ready, Zach? Three, two, one. I I would say let's trust Kareem Hunt. We know the Browns are a run first team. The offense flows through the run and Baker Mayfield, you saw him take some super hard shots on that shoulder um, just, just a few nights ago. And to me, that's just like, isn't sustainable. The passing attack is is going to be inconsistent. Baker is going to be off his mark, especially dealing with that shoulder. And now that Kareem Hunt is is back and, and seems to be, I mean, he might be a little bit banged up, but he seems to be healthy enough to shoulder a workload. And I think the Browns will rely on him a lot um, this back half of the season. Yeah, it's definitely possible. And you think he'll be a weekly starter. I think he shouldn't be a weekly starter. But again, it's just you kind of got to see it through. The possibility is 100% there for all of that to happen. It just, I want to see it first. I want to see it before I start banking on the upside. And again, maybe your team is more than likely ravaged by injuries. You have no good running backs left to start then 100%. Shoot for the upside and hunt. He does have a good matchup to end the season, I will say, after a bye this week and then a tough one against the Ravens in week 14. He has three of his remaining four games, all bottom 10 matchups. So that's good in FPA. That's good. So Hunt could get there. I'm just not confident in him yet. It's just the confidence factor for Zach, apparently, on on this show today. Um, What about Darnell Mooney, though? Because he's had a, a great stretch with Allen Robinson out. Put our thumbs up. Three, two, one. Yes. Easy. It's, it's no brainer, right? Yeah. I mean, you're you're loving all these guys so far. You, you've given what four thumbs up? Yes, sir. All right. I like I like all of these guys. Ah, and I can't blame you, especially when it comes to Darnell Mooney. He is not your traditional wide receiver one, but he is getting the job done. And look, yeah, Robinson missing the last couple games definitely helps his stock, but when if Fields comes back, I say when slash if because we don't know. I think he was practicing this week, so I think he could be in line to start again. 
he's perfect for fields is weaponry and the way they're using fields right now, kind of allowing Mooney to catch passes in the short intermediate game, take some reverses, a couple handoffs here and there. So I like Mooney enough to start him. He's got the upside. He's got the usage. Definitely someone I, I, I don't know how eager I'd be to have him in my lineup, but it's definitely a player I don't really would want on my bench either. Yeah, it's just kind of – it depends on who's in front of him, right, in your lineup. Like, if you got top-tier options ahead of, of Mooney, then, yeah, it's it's tough to throw him in there. But at the same time, like, the consistency is hard to ignore, and especially with Elijah Moore down there in New York has had – was on a torrid stretch as well, but kind of came back to earth against Houston, only four receptions for 46 yards. Zach, what do we think of Elijah Moore moving forward? Thumbs up, three, two, one. All right, we disagree. My there, there's up. my first thumbs down. Yep. My thing with Moore is, first off, he still has been really good. He just played his worst game basically since he started breaking out in week seven, and he's still got 9.3 points on Houston. He's clearly the wide receiver one in the Jets offense. I can still – I was a little – I was a little flip floppy on this because there is the possibility that you just have better receivers than more, but more is the wide receiver one. He's getting the usage, the targets. He's also just really good. Tough matchup. Philadelphia Eagles allowed the fourth fewest points to wide receivers this season. Then he gets two phenomenal matchups against the saints and the dolphins in terms of FPA dolphins have allowed the most points to wide receivers this season. And it isn't even close. So I would say, yeah, more is a weekly starter. I don't know about being a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two, but seems like to be a pretty strong favorite to be your flex for the rest of the season. Yeah. I could see him in the flex. I don't, I don't know about the top two wide receiver spots, but for me, it's just, it, it comes down to the quarterback play and Zach Wilson, he returned it. It's just, it, he didn't look good. And I feel like if there's just someone other, uh, some, somebody else under center, then more would have a better go of things. But I also feel like he didn't catch a touchdown until week nine. And then he went on a three game stretch where he had at least one touchdown in those games. And the game where he doesn't score a touchdown week 12 against Houston is the game where he falls off. And to me, that is a little worrisome that, okay, more needs touchdowns in order to stay fantasy relevant. It could be the Zach Wilson factor. It very well True. could be. Speaking of Wilsons and speaking of quarterbacks, Russell Wilson's the first of my five players I'm bringing to the table. We agreed on three of those, your players. Is that what happened? Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I should be. Oh, I should we, be. We agreed track. on Henderson, Hunt, and Moody. Yep. Right. So we disagreed on Wentz and more. Let's see if we agree on whether Russell Wilson should be a weekly starter or not. Already had this pitch, uh, I guess, queued up before Ryan brought Russell Wilson's name up. So I think you have an idea of where I'm going. I think I know where you're going with this too, but let's dive a little more into it. Russell Wilson, weekly starter, three, two, one. Kaput. Nope, not a shot. Look, 19.5 points is great, but it took him into the last drive to do it against Washington, which has allowed the most points to quarterbacks this season. He still had two terrible games prior. There's no way I can trust Wilson. We'll have to really see the Seattle offense evolve, and we'll have to see him be a more comfortable passer. Like Ryan said, that thumb, that finger, sorry, that finger, I'm thinking of thumbs right now. That finger (laughs) is just not... It's just not where it needs to be right now. It's holding him back. So you can't have Wilson as your starter. It's so crazy to see Seattle lacking in the win column. And to me, it just seems like an offense that has kind of been stripped of its identity. Like there's no real serious threat in the run game. Tyler Lockett, he's had a a long stretch where it kind of seems like he's just been dry in his production. And, And obviously like DK Metcalf, with Russell Wilson coming back, it hasn't really been – it had the same amount of production. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's it's just Russell Wilson, that finger injury, it, it's kind of seemed like it was too early for him to return, and he's obviously just trying to play through the pain. And there's, uh, there's ramifications for that. Mm-hmm. It'll really impact Seattle moving forward. At least they'll have a high draft pick to compensate. Oh, wait – Oh, oh no. Oh, they traded it. Oh, geez. Oh, man. That was cold, Jack. That was cold. Next player, James Robinson. It's getting a little shaky. Dealing with some injuries. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Get them ready. Three, two, one. (laughs) 
you uh you, you, you gave a little preview you got a little i gave eager. a little preview um yeah no I, mean, I just feel like there's no real spark in jacksonville outside of james robinson um trevor lawrence really hasn't had the rookie season we all anticipated and robinson is really the only proven playmaker i mean okay that's that's being a little disrespectful to marvin jones okay <laughs> but okay nah, marvin is, jones is don't cut it no, nah, I think Marvin Jones doesn't deserve to be on fantasy rosters. Oh, okay. Well, I think Robinson does, and I think Robinson deserves to be in your lineup because I feel like he is is kind of like the, the Jaguars' identity. Yeah, I completely agree. We both had our thumbs up pretty easy. Uh, not a must-start by any means, but his usage offers a very solid enough floor. He's relatively matchup proof too. At this point, you may not be getting like 20 plus points each week, but double digit performances, hundred percent on the table. No reason to panic. Keep him in your lineups. This next player. Oh man. Oh man. I, whew, this is going to roll some, roll some eyes here. Might this may be a hot take. I don't know. Maybe that uh, tells you where I'm leaning. Get the thumbs ready for Saquon Barkley. Is he a weekly starter? Three, two, one. Thumbs uh, down. Nope. Both of us. It's pretty easy. Like it's nice that he saw 86.7% of the Giants' stabs. It's nice he had five targets and 13 carries, <laughs> but he has not been the old Saquon. He hasn't really nope. shown any of it. Could he get there against Miami this week? Sure. Will it likely happen? I don't know. Probably not. They've allowed the sixth fewest points to running backs all season. And the Giants offense is two thumbs down. The Giants offense is horrendous. They need, they need a complete overhaul in essentially every aspect of that organization, to be fair. And Barkley has been impacted by it. Look, he's been averaging two, uh, two games, 10 points across those two games it's not great can he get back to old four maybe but for right now there's too much uncertainty with that he should not be in your lineups as of now and potentially for the rest of the season unfortunately yeah i mean it was the giants took the right first step in firing jason garrett as offensive coordinator and we saw barkley out there more like you said 86 percent of the staffs but that really doesn't help fantasy owners if he isn't getting the ball and when he does get the ball, it doesn't really seem like he's he's been all that productive. So it's hard to trust Barkley at this point, um, not not especially due to the injuries, but just due to the flux that the Giants are in at the moment. Next player, Jacoby Myers, again, giving thumbs up or thumbs down, whether they should be a weekly starter or not. Then we will get into your questions. We got some good ones. But first, thumbs ready for Jacoby Myers. Three, two, one. One thumbs down again. Why yeah, it's, not? It's really the same reasoning I gave for Kendrick Bourne early in the episode. Like, I just don't know who's going to pop off each week for New England. It's like it's like trying to analyze the Patriots backfield from years ago, but instead of just the ball carriers, it's the entire passing core. And I just don't know who's who's going to catch the touchdowns and who's going to be Mac Jones's favorite target each every week. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly right. There's a lot of inconsistency there. Final player before we get into some fan Q&A. I surprised myself a little bit with my answer on this one. Dawson Knox. Had to get a tight end in there for you. Come on. Had to do yeah, it. Yeah, because you knew I wasn't going to. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, hands ready. Three, two, one. Thumbs, thumbs up. up. You had a little cautious thumbs up, though. Any, any uh, symbolism there? Okay, I mean, like anti-tight end over here i always think tight ends are way too touchdown dependent dawson knox falls in that category then again dawson knox does have an uncanny knack of finding the end zone every single week and so maybe that touchdown dependency you know isn't a fluke it's more of like okay josh allen looks for his big target in the red zone and that works out more often than it than it doesn't right mm-hmm. so i mean that's why i feel like dawson knox is he at this point in the season has proven, okay, he's a reliable red zone threat. It isn't just a, a fluke thing that Josh Allen is looking his direction um, in that area. And so I think he's a, he's a safe bet to get a handful of catches and a, a great uh, bait for a score each week. Yeah, it is really tough to trust Dawson Knox each week. But the reason I think he's a weekly starter is because his floor is similar to guys like Kyle Pitts, uh, like Dallas Goddard, like Zach Hurts, but his upside parallels 
Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle at that point. And like you said, he's got a, an uncanny knack for finding the end zone. At that point, you're just going to really have to uncanny. suck it up, take the flyer. Three receptions last game on three targets. He got two of them for a touchdown. So <laughs> There you go. I, I think Knox is a guy who should be starting each week based on that. So we're wrapping it up here, but not before we get into our final five questions submitted to you, the beautiful listeners of the Breakout Football Podcast. First one coming from TikTok, White Boy Summer 69. Interesting. So, am I really going to bench DK Metcalf for Cole Beasley or Kendrick Bourne? LOL. Had to get the LOL in there. I, I'd say it depends on matchup, but the way Russell Wilson is playing, I feel like you would not be crazy to do that, um, especially just the way Kendrick Bourne has played the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't think I'd bench Metcalf for them. I would 100% consider benching Metcalf. In fact, he's someone I'm not really eager in having in my lineups right now. All three of low floors, but Metcalf still is more upside than Beasley and Bourne. Uh, Metcalf has the better matchup. Bourne's actually my sit of the week, my article coming oh, out. Oh, really? Yeah, because he's been seeing similar usage as Metcalf. I, I'll talk about it a little bit more when it drops Thursday. But essentially, he, he's kind of become touchdown dependent himself. And mm. I just can't really see him scoring against the Bills, who have allowed just three touchdowns to receivers all season long, or at least receiving touchdowns. That's the worst rate in the league. I can't see Bourne finding the end zone. It would be a complete shock and really kind of break like the, the fabric of the universe if that happens. So I would take Metcalf over Beasley and Bourne, but I'm definitely not eager to start Metcalf. All right, next question. Let's keep it rolling. Why don't you check it out? Louis Zamperini, 16. I think I got that one right. And that was a, that was a tough one you, you, you threw at me, Zach. I think that was intentional. That was not <laughs> intentional. Well, I kind of wanted to read the first username, so this is all you. <laughs> is Kyler Murray for Dak a good trade, or should I trade Murray for Herbert? Wow, you can still trade at this point in the season? That's- I envy your fantasy league. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't get why trade deadlines aren't a thing. My, my, my two cents on it is your trade deadline should be three weeks before the playoffs. Cause like, why would you be able to trade right now? In fact, honestly, it should be earlier to be, be completely frank. It should be earlier than three weeks. It should be like a month because by then you'd know who sucks and who doesn't care, who wants to start an entire team of New York Giants players for freaking Christ's sake. Uh, I speak of experience against me, of course. But my other thing is why not just like ban eliminated teams from making moves and then opening up trades to everyone? It's like if we were still vying for a spot, but I got a backup quarterback you need and you have a backup tight end I need, we can just make that trade right before the playoffs. Anyway, that's my mini ramp. Dynasty just eliminates that um that fear from happening it's perfect i know i need to get into dynasty ryan sold me even more on it Uh, my thing with uh murray dak and herbert on the surface i was ready to say murray and then looking more into it i'd still rather have murray he he is averaging 0.1 less points than herbert but herbert hits his floors way more often so both of them are essentially averaging 22.3 points per game but Kyler's the safer player because only two of Herbert's games have been even close to his average. He'll get like 35, 36, 40 points a couple times, or he'll get like 13, 14, 15 points. So it kind of, that average is a little bit of a, a little bit of trickeration there. Like it's saying, oh, he's not getting that every game. He's getting either way less than that or way more than that. To me, I like the quarterbacks that are a little bit safer because that's kind of what you need. You know, you can't have a quarterback dropping 13 points. I'd rather have Kyler than Herbert. I like Dak. Take out his two bad games this season. He'd be quarterback one in points per game by a mile, but he does have a tougher schedule than Murray. So I'd rather have Murray. I'd say just keep him in that scenario. Let's say you. Yeah, and the thing that Kyler offers that the two other quarterbacks don't is that rushing upside, which does make him a bit safer option, right? Like if if the secondary is shutting down Dak's weapons, which, I mean, it, that's a tough task, but it has happened. And same with Herbert as well. They, Murray can compensate that by, you know, taking off with the football. I mean, that's that's something that, I mean, Dak and Herbert, they're mobile quarterbacks, but Murray's just on an entirely different level in terms of his legs and, and his wheels. So um, that's another reason that, like, I assume you you have Murray, Louis, Zamp- 
Zamperini 16 that, you know, you should just stand pat on that. I do the same as well. Another trade question. Another one from TikTok to Corby 0910. Hope I got that right. Would you trade Saquon Barkley for Elijah Mitchell? Again, yeah, you should have mashed that headlines. accept button already. Mm. Yep, I would have done the same thing as well. I, again, like I said, trade deadline. Not sure why it's still a thing unless it's Dynasty. Kind of already ranted about Barkley. I don't think there is anything else that needs to really be said about that. Yeah, so. if it's Dynasty, then I think you have a little <laughs> bit uh, of a tougher time. But it kind of seems like after this season, Mitch will be a staple in the 49ers backfield. So it might not be as you know risky of a move in Dynasty than you might think. Um, we don't even know if, if Barkley is, is going to be in New York next season. I think that's a, a real possibility that he, he might, you know, be off the team, especially since I think there was an ESPN article that interviewed um, anonymous, like general managers that said like, yeah, I would either franchise tag him, but I wouldn't sign him to a long-term deal. And this is Saquon Barkley, one of like the most athletic running backs at his position. I do the same exact thing. I, I don't want him long-term right now. Make him prove to us that he can stay healthy. And again, it's not really his fault that he hasn't been, but come on, the best ability is availability. Uh, next question from Instagram. Hunter underscore champion with the A as a four <clears throat> continues to ask elite questions. So I just keep picking his out until someone gives me some other better ones. We get a lot of good ones on the IG, but this one was the best one. <laughs> Thoughts on tanking to get an easier playoff matchup. Hmm. Interesting. Some moral compasses here. What do you think? Man, who are we? The dolphins? <laughs> okay. Whoa. Hey, 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 hey. Dolphins aren't the ones tanking right now. I mean, Hunter, it all just depends on how much you want to antagonize your league mates. If you see them on a regular basis, you know, if they will wring your neck, on the weekend if you intentionally throw your fantasy matchup. So I think it's definitely you know important to to note the frequency in which you see these people. <laughs> if you if you only see them once a year at like, you know, a dinner party, uh, you guys go on vacation together, then there's a good chance that they'll forget this episode and you guys can go on having like a merry old time. If these are your buddies that you see every single week, you know, at, at the same bar, at the same sports bar to watch the football games. I think they won't take too kindly to that. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's uh, that bad of an idea. I'm fine with it on one exception. You need to 100% know who your matchups are going to be the next week. Because the last thing you want is to tank, lose a matchup, and then all of a sudden you're playing the better team that you thought you weren't going to be playing. So don't just assume you know who you're going to play against. But as much as I say it's a weekly game, you need to know you're prepared for the next week. So if the top three seeds are locked in and you can be the fourth seed playing against a hot third seed or a fifth seed playing against a second seed who has Dalvin Cook and McCaffrey on their teams, yeah, maybe throwing a game ain't so bad to help you prepare for the next week too. pick up a couple future players. It's all about, listen, it's a weekly game, but in the scenarios like those, and I know they're not very plentiful, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I can't believe you're encouraging this behavior, Zach. <laughs> it's, hey, it's all about it's some exceptions here, but you know, why not? You got to play, uh, you got to play chess, not checkers or whatever the saying is. I don't really know. I don't really care either. This is a football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right last question from instagram 18 kk pretty simple who should i pick up at d this week it's a good question i got a few you want me to name them yeah go ahead i think it's pretty easily like the best streamers of the week would be the eagles at the jets the dolphins versus the giants vikings at lions and mm -hmm. then some other teams uh whose ownerships are either too high or not projected as much. Chiefs versus the Broncos, Cardinals at the Bears, Ravens at the Steelers. It's pretty easy with streaming defenses. Just target the defenses who are playing turnover-prone quarterbacks. Pretty simple. Big Ben, Andy Dalton slash Justin Fields, whoever the Broncos trot out, whoever the Lions trot out, Mike Glennon, Zach Wilson, all more than in the bottom in turnover rates, and they're just not good quarterbacks. So I'd take all those defenses, honestly. Yeah, I like the Eagles a lot, like the Vikings, um, especially if the Cowboys are available in your league. I pick them up, too, because 
I think Taysom Hill is going to play this week, but if he doesn't, he then uh, he is going to play this week. Confirmed I'm, starting. I'm willing to take that bet against uh, against Taysom Will or Taysom Hill that he the Cowboys might throw him for a loop, especially with. I mean, do we really expect Taysom Hill to fare better targeting Trayvon Diggs than any other quarterback this season? That's the thing. I think they're just gonna let him run wild. I think if anyone should be pissed about Taysom Hill starting, it's people of Alvin Kamara. And even then, Kamara's questionable to play. He might not even play Thursday night. But Hill, last year in his four starts, he was averaging about 20 points per game. He's my start of the week, believe it or not, oh in the quarterback gosh. position. I was assigned between him or Derek Carr, but I, I opted for the, the player with the rushing upside. I'll take the chance on Hill. There is a chance, like... They That's borderline clickbait, Zach. <laughs> no, it isn't. What? I think <laughs> I think it's completely reasonable. What if they let him throw as much as they let Trevor Simeon throw? Then maybe we'll have a problem because he does not seem to be a very good passer. But you let him run 10, 11 times like he did last year in his four starts. You let him do that again Thursday night. He has a relatively solid floor. And I'm not just saying this because I drafted him in every single one of my best ball leagues. <laughs> Finally paying off, baby. So you, you anticipated this. I did. I also drafted Cordero Patterson and a few of them too. Wow. But that, mostly that the hill. Insane foresight right there. Well, look at this. We talked about redraft. We talked about best ball, Devi, Dynasty. Dynasty. We are expanding here on the breakout We covered podcast. every realm of the fantasy football world. Mm, I love it. Are we missing any? Oh, guillotine? Oh, guillotine. You know what guillotine is, right? I think I've heard it once or twice. Give me a refresh. So you draft it, and then the worst teams, I think it's the worst. It depends on the size of the league, but essentially the worst team that week, they're kicked out of the league. All their players go to free agency. Ooh. Just chops it off just like that. I think there's certain rules and standards. Like, I don't know if it's like after the first week or after like the first four or five, and then it starts going every week. But yeah, I feel like the, the week one, like put the worst team on the chopping block week one is kind of brutal. Yeah, I would say so. But then it's like you're you're at like week 10 and there's four teams left and they're yeah. all stacked. You started with like 16 teams. I think that's fun. I need to. Sorry. No, all good. I was just spewing about IDP. I was imagine like we, if you have sixteen teams, um, after you know week four, you start chopping off teams, and then you get a fourteen playoff right at you know the normal time for fantasy football playoffs. I, honestly, we we might want to get in one of those leagues. I feel like that uh, be pretty high stakes. Somebody tweeted at me when I talked about it, um, because I tweeted something like, "Man, I'd really like to get into guillotine." more a few months ago and someone at me like hey like this is a good website to do it so maybe we'll look into it maybe we'll look into it. i try to get creative when the fantasy playoffs roll around and when the playoffs roll around uh do some new type of leagues type of formats maybe we'll have to join someone together yeah any of our listeners if you have participated in a guillotine fantasy league please let us know and, and what your experience was and how early you were eliminated and and what that process looked like We'll be looking into that much more for sure. And we will keep you updated if anything develops on the next episode, because this one is ending our week 13 episode. Like I said, at the top of the show, we are sponsored by the beautiful people over at link me download on the app store, Google play store, uh, wherever you get your apps. And as always follow us here, wherever you get your podcasts, it's hosted by the Believe Podcast Network. You can go to Believe.com. You can reach out to us, connect with us on all social media. Cole is at Ham Analysis. I am at Zach Cohen, FB, Z-A-C-H-C-O-H-E-N, FB. That's where you can find us. Not on MySpace, unfortunately, but on basically everything else, including LinkMe. So feel free to reach out, ask us questions. We'll get you on the show next time. Reviews, ratings, all that fun stuff. Let's get on out of here on the Breakout Football Podcast. Send us home, big fella. Yeah, it was another great episode with Zach here. But I'm ho hopefully we've, you know, given you some good information for the rest of the week and, and hopefully moving forward for the playoffs. But week 13, it's, it's about to be crazy with all these injuries. Go catch some W's, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.